0: Welcome to The Kickpod, your weekly D&M on the stuff that matters. Hi, Lawsy. Hi. I'm kind of sad today because it's the last podcast for it The Kickpod of the year. It is, but we will be going off with a bang because
1: you've got a fantastic chat with Marika, but we'll talk about that in a second. Why are you sad about it ending? Have you enjoyed it? I l- I have loved this. I yeah. think it's
0: been so nice to have a. Our microphones aren't facing each other, so I'm talking to you, not facing you, and it's weird for me. Okay, can I'm facing you, know. you now. Yeah, <laughs> true. Okay, there you go. I'm scared is gonna make noise. What I've loved the most about this podcast is being able to have deeper conversations about things that Mm. I think we couldn't have on social media in a caption or in a comment or whatever it might be so it's been so nice to dive into different topics and also to be able to learn from people I Mm. think everyone that we've got on has been someone that we've wanted to learn from Mm. so it's been really awesome
1: yeah I completely agree and I feel like there's so much we always want to share on social media um, whether it's our opinion or anything and sometimes it can come across in the wrong way I feel like here we've been able to talk a little deeper and and be honest with everyone. But I totally agree with having the guests, even with friends that we're super close with. It's been really cool to learn more about their past and their journeys and everything like that. So we hope you guys have enjoyed the ride with us. Um, We're not gone forever. Don't worry. Uh, We will be coming back and we would love, 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 love it if you could send us in some feedback on the podcast, maybe who you want to hear from, what topics you want covered or what you liked um, about what we covered uh, this season, I suppose we're going to call it, our first. Season. First year. Well, First we've been going. Season. I think since April,
0: June, or
1: July, oh. or April. I can't remember. I think we're up to episode thirty-seven. Let's or call something it season like one. <laughs> no, this is season one, and we'll be back in Feb. But there might be a bonus episode. So. If you stay – obviously, we'd love you to stay subscribed. Um, <laughs> you, see ya. <laughs> see ya. Um, and then if you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe because we will be popping in a little bonus episode before we're back. Um, and other
0: than that – Thanks for listening and thank you for all the support. We didn't know yeah. how the – I mean, with everything that we do, you never yeah. know how it's going to go. So we love hearing – that you guys listen to it and seeing where you listen to it yeah and yeah it's been really really special so we thank appreciate
1: you. the support because neither of us are pro journalists or you know we've never done anything like this before i would Radio say we're not journalists anything like that. period no not pro not at not anything, anything. <laughs> i'm just saying like we're, we're not like used to this kind of thing we're used totally. to being on the other side of being interviewed um so it is very different and we love that you guys have been patient with us and still enjoyed Enjoyed
0: it. <laughs> totally. I <laughs> enjoyed mean our is, raw moments. <laughs> this has totally pushed us outside our comfort zone. I think, totally. I, think I speak for both of us. I mean, it's just, it's so hard. I, I did an interview recently where I was interviewed and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So oh. well, amazing because I didn't, I, I feel True. like, but I've never thought of it that way before. I was just to think I'd be the nervous one because I was being interviewed. Mm. But it's actually, we get nervous as well totally. being interviewees.
1: Anyway, Lorsi, please tell us about this chat because I'm really excited and I know the community would be as well. This is something that you guys always ask us about and you ask Marika a lot in the community about. So we're talking intuitive eating.
0: Yes, and I lo- I mean I sat there the whole time. Mm. We actually had to make an edit to this podcast which we usually don't really edit what we say but everything Marika says I just sit there and I just nod and mm. I kept saying I love that <laughs> and I said it about 15 times <laughs> it's been edited out but that was my response to all of her pieces of advice yeah. and she has some awesome analogies that kind of just make is that the word analogy it's like a metaphor metaphor Mm. Is okay. Metaphor or <laughs> analogy? It's, it's
1: metaphor. Okay. okay. Wow, <laughs> well, I don't worry. think have ever topped you on vocab. This we is won't. Great. We
0: won't edit that out. So <laughs> metaphors. Her metaphors are. Imagine if it's not, and some people are listening right now and thinking, should we Google this? We should probably Google this. Okay. We're live googling. Oh Sorry, guys. This is embarrassing. <laughs> um, define analogy. Analogy is a correspondence or partial similarity. So no, that was wrong. <laughs> metaphor. I think it's a metaphor. A figure of speech in which a word or phrase is applied to an object or action to which it is not literally applicable.
1: Yeah. So, like, that was,
0: like... Anyway, you guys are not here for a grammar or spelling lesson, but, you know, we are not perfect. We're still learning. Are going to take this out? No. (laughs) We're going to keep it because it keeps it real. Anyway, so Marika just has great comparisons. She does. She does. She does. Uh, And it really kind of makes you think. Sometimes I think especially with um, intuitive eating and obviously Marika goes into what it is, but uh, we speak a lot about the negative voice you have in Mm -hmm. your head um, Mm -hmm. and how to get kind of get out of that and how to kind of make yourself think of how silly it is because when you've got it, you just focus on it and it's really hard to get out of that headspace. So mm. she was incredible. So I hope you guys enjoy this and Steph, myself, not Steph because Steph knows But I'm going to go and read a dictionary.
1: Mm. <laughs> no, I think we all need to read a dictionary sometime in our life, don't we? Um, yeah, we hope you... No.
0: <laughs> I already concluded it. Okay, guys. Enjoy. Welcome back, Marika. Thank you. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, and I'm sure you do know, Marika is our incredible Keep It Cleaner Dietitian. Thank you so much. So we are, this conversation, we've actually already had this one (laughs) and the file corrupt. And it was such a good conversation. Podcast, and so I'm so excited to finally be re recording it with you. Hopefully, I can do as good this time. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be better. No, but we miss Steph, but her wedding is in one day. So we are, yeah, she's not here today. It's just me. Fickle. Um, And since we last did podcasts together, you have released your IBS program. Yes. So exciting. Such a relief as well. It's so awesome. So it's a program for people that have IBS and they can sign up, and it's instead of going and seeing a dietitian, which they might not have available to them, they can follow it.
2: Yeah. So it's essentially what I was doing one-on-one with my clients um, in practice that I've just taken onto an online platform so that people can do it from home. Um, Because yeah, like I said, not everyone has access to see a dietitian and Mm -hmm. also it can get quite expensive when you're seeing them repetitively over like a period of months as well.
0: It's amazing. Amazing work. It looks really, really good. Yeah, it's so good. I love it. And so for today we are talking about intuitive eating. Absolutely. So to start off with, can you tell us what it is?
2: Yeah, so intuitive eating, there's a few different definitions of intuitive eating. um, But the way that I see intuitive eating, it's about sort of learning to trust your body and listen to your body and eat in response to what your body is naturally telling you. So rather than, you know, following diets and following, you know, I should be eating this and shouldn't be eating this and this is, you know, how many grams I have to have. It's about really tuning into your own body and like the wisdom that your body innately has that we all have you know that we're growing up with um, having that innate wisdom
0: and that's it's sometimes really hard to do though isn't it
2: oh yeah yeah and particularly if like you're somebody who hasn't listened to that internal like cues for a very long time so whether it be through um like following diets and that sort of stuff where Mm. people have been told you know you must eat this much you know this many grams of this or that it becomes really challenging to then trust your own body um or if you've ignored those signals for a long time as well
0: I know for me, especially when I had a really bad relationship with food when I was younger and I had so much anxiety associated with food, I could never eat intuitively. It was something that I wasn't able to do because I looked at food as a number, always mm-hmm. looking at it just as calories and it was all about how I could reduce my calories in the day. So it didn't matter if I was hungry or not. It was yeah. just getting that low calorie option, which is the worst, worst, worst way of thinking and it, it took me such a long time to get out of that and then yeah. to learn to actually listen to my body. It's it's taken me you know, everyone has their days where you just might overeat or binge eat or yeah. things like that, but it does take a long time to get there.
2: Absolutely, I think that's something worth like yeah, recognizing and acknowledging that it's not something that's going to happen overnight. And particularly mm-hmm. if you have had you know struggles with it in the past, that it it will take time, and you will sort of go on like a bit of a roller coaster with it, where you will find that there are times where you just can't do it, and then there's times mm-hmm. where you have a day where you you know you're doing really well, um, but it's definitely not like a linear.
0: Um, linear progress going from you know one extreme to the other. Totally and even I know Steph's not here but what Steph talks about a lot is she went through binge eating so that was for her she would you know deprive herself all day and then Mm. you when you do that and and even with me I I used to do that sometimes I'd if you starve yourself and then you get to the point where you are so hungry and then you can't stop eating. Yeah
2: and like that's uh, sort of two parts to that is there's a psychological part where it's like Discipline is like a muscle. Is it fatigues like, and so by the end of the day, yes, like just even like your psychological like standpoint, the discipline muscle is fatigued. Mm. Um, so it's really hard to continue to do that. But then also from like a physiological standpoint, like your body literally needs food to survive, and it's going to tell you to act in a certain way at some point to get that. Like if you held your breath, eventually there's going to be some sort of like thing that's beyond your control that will make you open your mouth and take a breath um, because that's what our bodies are made to do. And I think, like you said, Mm. with when you eat so low calorie, like the thing I always say to people is that you need calories to survive. So like trying to find like the lowest calorie option for everything, it's like that's like... You need calories. It wasn't
0: what I was eating was not. and Obviously, this is something that I went through a long time ago, and now I'm good, and I would never recommend this to anyone. But when I was in that headspace, what the low-calorie food was not nutrient-dense. It was no. full of artificial sweetness, yep. colors, because that's how you make no-calorie food. Tastes good as you well. You put <laughs> preservatives together. yep. yep exactly
2: so yeah, it, yeah it's all yeah all like diet sort of style food and it, i mean from a gut health perspective it can make people really bloated and mm. everything like that as well which doesn't add to feeling good um so yeah it's a bit of a nightmare when you're sort of going down that path but yeah that's why i love like the intuitive eating side of things is because you can i mean like i said like you said it takes time to to get there but it is really about just like tuning back into your body and just respecting it and going you know what like our bodies are amazing and that if we can actually listen to them and tune into them and learn to trust our bodies, um, we can develop such a good relationship not only with our bodies but with our food as well.
0: Totally. And I think what's also important is that you can go with healthy eating. That can kind of stop you from being able to eat intuitively as well because what i found before and and Steph's the same is when you focus too much on Mm. eating healthy you stop listening to your body and you just focus on what you're eating and you think about food 24-7 and it's not a healthy place to be in to think, okay, I'm eating this healthy breakfast and then what's my lunch going to be and I have to eat something healthy because then obviously, as we've spoken about before, healthy food can be um, high in calories as well. Mm. Um, obviously, it's very nutrient-dense, so you need to have balance with that and if you're focused all the time on dieting or what you're eating or what you're going to eat next, that can... lead to it as well so it's just uh, that's what I found is for me I food is I mean I love food it's part of life like you know I love going out with my friends and having pizza and all those things but I have noticed a real shift in my mindset from i not thinking about it as much as I used to. It used to totally control my mind. And now it's just something that I eat to fuel my body so I can keep going throughout the day.
2: Yeah. And I think it's about trying to find that balance between like, okay, yes, obviously like, you know, eating healthy foods is an important thing to Mm. me and I want to, you know, fuel my body and everything like that. But allowing yourself to then go, okay, well, it's fine to also have treats as often as you want to have them. And that might sound like scary to some people to say that, but you know, a lot of people say to me like, oh, well, how often can I have a treat? It's Mm. like, it doesn't matter if you have chocolate every single day like it's it comes down to what actually feels good to you and you know and that's what I love about like intuitive eating is that it does bring you back to a place of balance because if you think about it, if you had chocolate cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every <laughs> single day, like yeah, okay, maybe the first day it would be amazing, yeah. but like by like the, the third or fourth, you'd be like, very tired. You'd be, you'd, you'd be sick of it. Like, like you, you'd physically not want it anymore. You'd be like, "Okay, I'm done with chocolate cake." But you'd also wouldn't have energy. You wouldn't be able to exercise. You wouldn't be able to concentrate. So there's all these other things that sort of play into it. And it's like, so what happens when you start to actually listen to your body? You realize that your body actually doesn't crave like chips or junk food all of the time. Mm. We tend to think that our bodies crave that because we restrict ourselves from having that. Therefore, we think about it more. And that's when people are like, oh, no, but I just crave it all the time. So if I was to allow myself to have it, then I'm just going to overeat on it. And it's like, no, like that doesn't happen. You know, maybe if you haven't had it for a long time, there will be, you know – a period, like you might have a a day or, you know, if you say, okay, well now I'm going to have this uh, and I'm going to allow myself to have it more freely, you know, maybe that for next day, you do have it a bit more than what you would feel comfortable, but eventually you'll realize that your body doesn't want that food Mm. all of the time.
0: Especially, I mean, apart from when you're on your period, that is one time I will eat a block of chocolate every single time and my body needs it every single month. (laughs) But apart from that, I found that. And again, going back to it when I was depriving myself, that is the point where I thought about bad food all the time. And mm. I just, cause I couldn't have it. It was, it's like anything in life. You yeah. you know, if someone says don't open this door, you want to open it, yeah, but exactly. if it had no sign, you wouldn't think about it. Exactly. And now I, I find that eating a balanced diet of like, you know, maybe, maybe it's depending on the week, it might be between 60 to 80% healthy and then 40 to 20%, not necessarily unhealthy, but more of the treat style foods. Yeah. That works for me. And I just don't think about it. Yeah. And I think, again, it's it's not even like on a, because a lot of people
2: say that like on a daily basis, like, you know, 80, 20 and everything like that. But, you know, you might be super healthy for like a couple of weeks just yes. because that's what the season is. And then you might have a couple of weeks where it's just like you're on holidays and you're just eating like unhealthy foods way more frequently. And again, that mm-hmm. still falls into that balance as well. So, you know, you might have a whole day where you don't eat a single vegetable. It's like, <laughs> who cares? It's not going to make a big difference at the end of the day if you do have those periods where it's just not as healthy
0: totally what about some tips to start practicing this for people that might be struggling with food or that haven't done it before or have never thought about it are there some simple ways you can kind of implement it yeah, so I think one of my
2: favourite things to do is to start to tune into your hunger and fullness levels is probably a really good starting point. Um, and so checking in with yourself before you eat and then after you eat as
0: well. Can you speak through your hunger levels? So I heard you speak recently and you spoke about these hunger levels. From Is it from zero to ten or one to ten? Uh Oh, one one to ten, I think one it to is. Ten. Yeah, one and to ten. And it was so interesting. Can, can you read that? I think people would really, really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, so essentially what you do is um, before you start eating or after you've eaten a meal, um, you do a like a hunger and fullness check-in on a scale of one to ten. So one being absolutely starving, like ravenously starving. Uh, like Tired, get
0: no energy. Yeah,
2: shaking, like going to eat the house down. Like, you know, if you walk <laughs> and open the cupboard at that point in time, you're going to like grab everything and anything. Um, and then that scale gradually increases to five where it's like real, like nothing. Like, you know, I'm not hungry, not full. There's sort of no feeling there. Mm-hmm. Um, six, seven, you're starting to feel like comfortably full. Uh, eight, nine, ten. So ten is what I sort of describe as like that post-Christmas lunch full. Like, Asleep. <laughs> <I> sleep. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like I need a nap or like to get, roll me down the hill and tuck me into bed. Um, and we all go there from time to time. Like, And that's the other thing is like it's not about, you know, never going to one end of the scale or the other, but it's about trying to work out, you know, where you feel most comfortable. And so where we kind of want to sit on that scale is that when you're starting to, like when you're about to eat, you do want to have some hunger. So you shouldn't be eating and be feeling full as soon as you start eating because it means that you're probably not hungry and therefore don't need to eat right now or you maybe had a bit too much at your previous meal. Um, And when you've finished a meal, you want to feel Comfortably satisfied, so you don't want to feel any level of discomfort or distension in your stomach or anything like that because you're uncomfortably, um, you've sort of eaten to that uncomfortable, except point. on Christmas,
0: except on Christmas yeah. Yeah. and it's birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's a few exceptions, <laughs> and then what about I know you spoke about as well, not letting yourself get to that level one or two or three where you're starving and you'll eat and it's important to listen to your body and i suppose have healthy snacks around you that you can eat so you don't get to that point because that's when you can overeat
2: yeah yep so when you get to like the the ones and the twos you very quickly get up to the nines and the tens because it's again it's like a physiological response your Mm -hmm. body tells you we need food and we need it fast so it's really hard to like slow down your eating and control your eating in that circumstance so you really want to avoid getting to that point so you just want to feel slightly Hungry, and I think the first point, like you coming back to the practical strategies, is to start to understand what does even hunger feel like to you, or like what does feeling comfortably full feel like. And I'm a big eater, and I like I do this exercise myself from time to time when I feel like I've sort of like lost track of you know what I'm you know not paying attention to my mindful with my food. I guess is probably the right word. And um, what I find is that the, the very first times that I did this is because I'm such a big eater, is that that feeling of comfortably full felt uncomfortable psychologically to me because I was so used to feeling uncomfortably full when I finished a meal that just feeling satisfied felt like it wasn't enough. Mm. And the only way that I knew that it was enough was that by trial and error. And so like what I would do is I would be like, okay, well, I've had a plate of food and like, I feel comfortably full, but this doesn't feel right. Like I feel like I should still be eating more and then just test it out and see like, you know, and what I found was that, you know, I go back to my work and I realize. I'm good. Like, you know, I thought, you know, it wasn't enough, but I can go for hours now and actually feel energised rather than lethargic because I'd overeaten. Um, so, yeah, it's about, it's trial and error with this. And, you know, if there's no right or wrong, if you do overeat, it's not that you've done something wrong or anything. It's just about, okay, well, you know, what number did were you at and what might you need to do? next time you eat to adjust Mm. that? So is it about having, you know, your meal a bit earlier or later or changing your portion size a little bit so that it gets you to that point where you do feel comfortably full, you feel like you've got energy um, and you're not uncomfortable?
0: Totally. And I think it's really nice to hear from you as a dietitian who, you know, (laughs) specialises in this kind of thing that you need to check in with yourself every now and then. It's not like where there's some of us that are programmed to be able to do it and some aren't. It's just something we just have to continually check in with and work on.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and that's exactly the answer there. It's like you always are going to have to work on this. And like I, me as a professional, I continue to do this and I continue to do my hunger and fullness mm-hmm. check-ins from time to time because it's like it's so important to bring it back to, okay, what is my body actually telling me and how do I best respect that? Um, the other thing that I think is challenging for people is knowing like, you know, if you have set meal time so for example you know you only get a set time for your lunch break or whatever it is that can be a real challenge for people mm. and sort of a roadblock to them being of able course, to do this because they're
0: not hungry yet or yeah hungry earlier
2: so what I always say is like you've got to think about when you're like, if you're going to do this check-in and then change what you have to eat or the amount you have to eat as a response to it you need to have a look at the hours ahead of you as well so for example if and like an extreme example of this, if you're going to run a marathon, like you don't think, oh, I'm not hungry, I'll be good. Like you. That's haven't. a very good
0: example though. No, we need those type of examples because I think they're the ones that make us think, okay, yep, that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, and so it's like if
2: you're on your lunch break and you know that you haven't got a break for another seven hours and you're like, oh, well, I'm not actually that hungry, I'm, I'll be fine. It's like, no, like I've actually got to eat. Like even though I'm not hungry, I've got to eat now because – That would be stupid. So if you're ever at that point, think of the marathon example. (laughs) Love it. Um, The other thing that I love to do with intuitive eating is to get people to think about the reason why they're eating as well. Because, again, like when we think about intuitive eating, predominantly the reason why we want to be eating is because of hunger and fullness. Obviously there is many times when we will eat for other reasons, emotional reasons and those sorts of things. And that is actually within the spectrum of normal as well. But we want majority of the time that we eat to be based on hunger and fullness. And so starting to understand like, okay, well why am I eating now? And I I love people journaling about this sort of stuff and, like, writing down just a couple of words, you know, what's the reason for eating right now? And it's not about beating yourself up or judging yourself about that reason. It's curiosity and going, okay, am I eating because it's, like, my allocated lunchtime or am I eating because, you know, Sally in the office is bringing around muffins or um, am I tired or bored or am I genuinely hungry and just becoming
0: aware of those reasons for eating. Totally. And for me, when I have home study days – I eat – I mean, you need to eat more because your brain uses a lot of energy. It's true. But – the procrastination eating is hard because you oh, just yeah. get when you're bored because, I mean, I'm meant to be studying, but sometimes, you know, you, get, you just get bored of your study. <laughs> Boredom doesn't mean that there's there. nothing to do. Boredom yeah. means you're bored of the task at hand. Yeah, okay, so that's <laughs> true. But I eat so much more and I find myself snacking throughout the whole day. But at that point, I just try and make sure that I snack on things like fruit and yogurt, things that aren't too heavy because if I was eating super calorie dense foods all throughout the day I would get super
2: tired yeah and again that's a perfect time to do that hunger and fullness check-in because if you do that hunger and fullness check-in and you're like okay wow like I'm actually not even hungry at all mm. then you get to then go to that next level and go okay well what like why am I like why am I here standing in the fridge like and so you get to acknowledge okay well yeah it's because I'm bored and then at least you get to make a decision about what yeah, you do and that's, that's like where I see the power is, is it's not even about like, you know, if you want to eat when you're bored, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Like you do you, like I'm not about like forcing anything on anyone. Um, but you get to take the power back then because you've brought your mindfulness to, okay, I'm eating now because or I'm about to eat now because I'm bored, um, not because I'm actually hungry. Mm. And A, like, am I I'm okay with that? I'm going to go ahead with it. Or B, would I rather do something else? And what is that something else that you might do?
0: That's a great thing to do. I'm going to do that next time, but I'll probably have to be like, oh, I have to go back to my textbook. I'll just eat something. <laughs> <laughs> but I make the decision. But so, and the other thing I think is that yeah, well, yeah you make
2: the decision, uh, but like then think about like, if you're using food as a reward then like, you know, say for example, or like Yeah, I suppose that's
0: probably a what source I, of I do. Pleasure. Yeah. Like, you know,
2: the it's your work, your study might not be very pleasurable. And so you're looking for food is a really great like source of pleasure for so many people particularly Mm. if you said like you love food like I'm the same and food is such an easy way to get like a hit of pleasure and it doesn't even have to be unhealthy food like if you love food like if you're like me like it's like any food makes me feel happy Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so then thinking about okay well what are other things that make you feel the same way that food makes you feel like what are the things that give you pleasure that you might be able to do in that moment like if you've been studying for a few hours and you want to take a break and you're like okay well i'm actually not that hungry Mm. what makes me feel good that i could do as a break instead of eating if Mm -hmm. i'm if it's not food based
0: something like go for a walk
2: Or something like that. Like put a song on, dance around or like paint your nails. Like it doesn't have to be exercise based is what I always think as well because a lot of people jump to like, oh, I should go for a walk. It's like, yeah, that's great if you love to go for a walk, but if walking doesn't make you feel good. Especially if it's
0: raining and you're just
2: like, nah, that's not what (laughs) I'm going to do. Um, yes, anything. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what it is. Like something that makes you feel good. So having an idea of what those things are can be really useful for people as well.
0: So does that mean it's dangerous to associate a food as a reward? Because I think that's something that subconsciously we all do. Mm. Well, it's something that I think a lot of us have ingrained
2: in us since we're children. Like mm. you know, be good and you'll have ice cream or like, or Very true. you know Like behave and well, I'll buy you a lollipop or whatever it is. Or even like when you like donate blood and everything like that, they give you like yes food. Th- I mean, I guess that's for a blood sugar purpose as well, but <laughs> um, but there's all, like we have so many different ways of food being rewarded reward, and mm. that's not a bad thing, I don't think, as long as it's balanced with yes. other rewards as well. So. Um, One thing I get a lot of my clients to do is to actually write a list of like, I call it either a self-care menu or like a happy list. And it's like things that they find give them as much pleasure or make them as happy as maybe food does. And it's totally okay to have like, you know, chocolate on that list as long as there is just as many other options of non-food related things. So I always say like have things that take a long time, have things that don't take very long, have things that are outdoorsy, indoorsy, like for every like weather condition or like time of day or night, you've got like something that you can do that's going to give you a little bit of pleasure.
0: And I love that it's all about balance. And every now and then, as you said, it is okay to yeah. reward yourself with you know sometimes I might be like oh, I can't wait to go to the movies tonight and have popcorn yeah and that's fine because that's like, balance
2: absolutely and like you know if like your boyfriend's broken up with you and you're like yeah. down in the dumps like go ahead and totally. please buy the block of chocolate and the tub <laughs> of ice cream and just go enjoy it
0: So now to come back to some community questions. Yes. So we've got a few of them and the first one is from Amy and she wanted to know... She wants to know about getting hungry at nighttime. Mm-hmm. How can I stop myself from literally eating my whole pantry after dinner out of boredom? Well, I think we've just answered the boredom part. Yes. But what about in general getting hungry at night? I generally probably eat more of my food at nighttime because I'm more hungry at that time. And it's never been a problem for me. I can still sleep really well. I always feel like something sweet after dinner. I just kind of Try and in moderation as much as I can have a healthy option. Sometimes, you know, I'll have chocolate and whatever it might be, but most of the time I'll have like yogurt and, and um, berries and things like that. Mm. Is it okay to eat at night? Absolutely, absolutely.
2: Um, and I think, like, the, the question itself sort of lends – now that we've had this discussion, the, the question itself can sort of be pulled apart because the first part of the question is, you know, I'm really hungry and then the next part of the question is, but I'm really bored. And it's like, mm. okay, like, let's, like, Amy, like, tease apart, like, is it hunger or is it – bored, and it might be, like, you know, both of them or it might be one on some nights and the other on the other nights. So using that hunger and fullness scale to actually, like, work out, okay, is it hunger? Because if it's hunger, then 100%, like, go make yourself some food and, like, go eat. You should be eating. Or, you know, if you don't want to be eating after dinner, then make yourself a bigger dinner. Like, have a better meal. If you feel like, you know, if you're finishing dinner and an hour later you're starving, your dinner is not adequate. Like that's Of course. That's the end of the story. Like, you need to be eating more at dinner if that's the case. Um, but if it is boredom-related – sorry, I <laughs> can't even talk it <laughs> – um, if it's boredom related, then have a think about like some of those strategies, like creating that list, that self-care menu or that happy list of things that you can do in the evening. Um, and the first step is just start to recognize, okay, well, what's that emotion that I'm feeling? And then what are other things that I could do to fulfill that emotion that's not food?
0: Love that. What about – oh, here's, a, here's one about that time of the month. Yes. So <laughs> this is from Ebony. How not to rely on food when – you've had an awful day or it's that time of the month what to replace it with or what foods to use in that time
2: yeah so again it, if it's at that time of the month like again it's it only happens once a month so it's not like it's going to I mean depending on the the extremity of you know if you're binging for days seven days straight you, then that might have an impact on you you know your overall energy and all of mm. that sort of stuff but if like you said like you know you're having a block of chocolate once and so be it like and you're happy with it and it's fine and it's, it's Fine, like go ahead and do it. As don't long as you don't have it. guilt like, about yeah, it, get rid of the guilt and just embrace it and move on with it. Like, don't you know, dwell on it or anything. If um, you're finding that, like, you know, it is like you know, going on and that it's it's not related to hunger, because the, the interesting thing, like, with our periods and everything, is that we actually do have a higher like calorie requirement when we have our periods. Like, our metabolism is like at an elevated level, so we actually do need to eat more. Um, and so if you're finding that, that that's sort of driving this increase, like, you know, going for junk foods and those sorts of things, then what I suggest is just eat more like of your healthy foods as well and like really good quality, like filling foods and then top it up with some of your treat foods so that, you know, you're not just, you know, eating lots extra of, you know, the not so healthy foods. You're filling up on the healthy foods and then going, OK, well, you know, then I'll have some chocolate after my dinner or something like that.
0: That's a great idea. And then when it comes to having a bad day, not on your period, but just you've had a really bad day, and I think sometimes that's where kind of treating yourself can get out of hand. Like I've had times where you just overeat so much, you feel so sick and you feel guilty and then it doesn't help in like, you know, you've already had a really bad day and yeah. you kind of make it worse for yourself. So would you recommend going back to that self-love list and yep. trying to find ways to reward yourself that aren't or yep. make yourself feel better that aren't related to food? And sometimes it will be and that's okay, but yeah. just to have that list?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And even if you decide that, you know, it's one of those days and like a block of chocolate is going to be the answer, like that's fine, mm-hmm. but always check in with yourself with that um, hunger and fullness. And well, not even the hunger and fullness, like check in with yourself throughout like let's say for example you bought two blocks of chocolate and you came home you're like all right I'm doing this like I'm committed but check in with yourself at regular intervals while you're eating it so rather than just go like committing to the whole thing just go you know what like I'm going to take a row at a time I'm going to have a row and I'm going to enjoy it slowly and like savor every mouthful and then you know maybe every row or every second row just stop and check in and go do I still feel like I need more do I still want more and acknowledge like you know and stop when you feel like it's no longer giving you what you were getting out of it. So when you stop getting that pleasure from it because at some point, particularly like when it turns into like binge eating is that at some point you stop getting pleasure from it and that's when it's often like flicks into guilt and then it's like, well, I might as well keep going. But instead of letting it flick into guilt, just acknowledge and be like, I don't have to feel guilty about this, but I can at any point go you know what, like, I'm going to trust myself right now. You know, it doesn't matter if you're at that point where you already feel physically sick. You can stop and go, all right, right now I'm going to respect my body and that for me means leaving one square left out of the two blocks or so whatever it is, respect your body at whatever point you get to catch in and catch yourself and go, all right, I'm checking in now and, and what do I actually need right now?
0: Like, what's what's the thing that's going to do, like, the best for me? That is so important. I think it's you can get you can beat yourself up so much about kind of if you overate, like what you ate. But I think the fact that you've checked in with yourself Mm. and stopped is amazing on its like by itself. Mm. And I think we put so much pressure on ourselves, we could take a little bit off.
2: Yeah. And like the positive self talk, I think that's just such an important thing. Mm. Like I do it for so many aspects of like life in general, but like using it for food and like binge eating Mm. and those sorts of things, it can be incredibly powerful. So, you know when you hear yourself like and you hear that nasty voice in your head like being like beating yourself up for what you've done speak back to it and fire back at it and give it some positive like talk and go you know what like it is what it is and I can't change whatever's happened or whatever but I can do something right now to make myself feel good and work out what that thing is and it might just be going having a shower or it might be putting yourself to bed or whatever it is but Fight back at that voice that's beating you, that's beating you up,
0: essentially, um, and put some like positive self talk in there. That's so important. That voice sucks, and it's we're our own worst, worst critics, and we've got, as I said, we've got enough pressure. So if you yeah. can speak nicely to yourself, it's so important. It's really nice to hear you say that. Mm-hmm. Next question is from Bella, and she says, "What food sources give energy?"
2: So f- all food would give energy. So energy, I guess, is calories. Yes. So like calories is like the measure of energy so any food is going to give you energy i'm assuming the word she means energy is like our like more like psychological energy so that feeling of having energy throughout the day um one thing that i think is really important with this is carbohydrates is like carbohydrates are a really important source of energy for us um, and it's one thing that a lot of um, people restrict Mm. and feel like that they can't have too much of so If you're not having carbohydrates in your diet um, and good quality carbohydrates, like whole grains and those sorts of things, then you absolutely can be low in energy. And it's really common for people who follow low-carbohydrate diets to almost have this, like, low energy. um, All the time? All of the Mm -hmm. time, yeah, yeah. So, and again, you don't have to have, you know, big bowls of pasta. In fact, that can actually make people feel more tired if you're having massive portion sizes of carbohydrates. But having adequate carbohydrates regularly throughout the day can be incredibly important for your energy levels.
0: And you can get it from things like for me personally, I don't feel, I feel really tired after I have like yeah. a huge, if I had a huge bowl of pasta for lunch, I'd be asleep. Yeah. But I find that my carbohydrates the best carbohydrate sources for me are more things like lentils and um, fruit. And also I ate so much fruit. I probably eat more fruit equivalent to what you probably eat in a week. I would, well, definitely, because you're a fond, ma'am. <laughs> I eat a lot of fruit. But then things like sweet potato and normal potato and, and things like that. That's where I love to get yeah. and quinoa and other grains.
2: Yeah, and it doesn't matter where you get them from. So all of those like foods are great sources of mm. carbohydrates. So it doesn't actually matter where you get your carb- like Even Greek yogurt's a source of carbohydrate um, or any yogurt. Um, so you can get carbohydrate from so many different foods. Uh, so if you if you feel like you're really restricting your carbohydrate intake, I would suggest looking at that and going, okay, where can I get some good quality carbohydrates in to help me with my energy levels? Um, the other thing, I guess, is iron. Like if you're low in iron, that can be a reason why you're low in energy and having a look at some of those iron-rich foods. So obviously like the, the most obvious ones are, you know, your red meat and those sorts of things. But then we also have things like lentils and legumes, um, some of the nuts and seeds and uh, tofu and some of those plant-based sources as well.
0: And if you do feel really tired, would you recommend going to the doctor and getting a blood test to test your iron?
2: Yeah, if, if it's been happening for a while, like, you know, obviously if it's just one day or, of you know, course. Whatnot, <laughs> just had a sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, and that's a good point, Liz. Like I feel like um, a lot of people, I always say this because it happens to me, is when you're tired, you feel like you want to go to food for energy. Mm. Um, and so like if I have a bad night's sleep or a short night's sleep and the ho- the next day I am starving, yes. like absolutely starving the next day and I have to use my positive self-talk to be like you know what Marika like you don't need to eat the entire house down you need a nap like yeah, totally <laughs> so yeah thinking about okay what is the reason why I'm low in energy is it because I'm not eating enough food is it because I'm not sleeping enough is it because I'm you know cutting out food groups or is it because you know it might be a medical reason like iron deficiency or something like that
0: and with carbohydrates obviously if you are in a low carb diet or you just generally eat less carbohydrates and I think also because of social media there's a bit of a fear factor associated with them Mm. do you want to talk to that and why we shouldn't be scared of them and you know because calories are calories and you can get it from any of your food yeah yeah it, yeah, it's, and you shouldn't be scared of the ones coming from carbohydrates. No, not at all. Not
2: at all. Um, it's like it's uh, to me. It almost seems like ridiculous that people like would be fearful of carbohydrates mm. because from like a logical like sense of like you know calories are calories, like food is food. They're not going to make you any more like they're not going to make you gain any more weight than any other food or anything like that. It's all about like the consuming excess of anything. Like you can consume excess or l- l- too little or too much of anything. Mm. Um, And yeah, it's, it's not about the carbohydrates per se and including carbohydrates, particularly again, like from a gut health perspective, carbohydrates are where we get our fiber from. Like fiber is a carbohydrate. Mm. So in order to have good gut health, we need carbohydrates. So that's like one thing that I'm just like, well, you can't, you can't be on like a keto diet and really have great gut health because it's so hard to get in your fiber um, and get a good variety of fiber as well, because we need lots of different types of carbohydrates and different types of fiber to have good gut health. Um, so yeah, it's it seems so silly, so especially
0: fiber. And fiber is so important. Uh, you actually laughed the other day. I have psyllium husk. Which, psyllium husk is high in fiber, isn't I, it? Yes, it is. Did you see I this? I saw this. And so I put it in my smoothies sometimes, just to add some fiber. If I'm having it for breakfast, and Dalton used it as armor meal, and he made our <laughs> healthy, give me cleaner like the chicken schnitzels. And instead of coating them in armor meal, he coated it, and he used two cups of psyllium husk. Oh my husk. god. High fibre chicken that was, but it tasted revolting. I I, I was nearly (laughs) going to message you after that and say, how did it go? It was so bad. So that was a bad example of getting fibre in your night. And um,
2: (laughs) I wouldn't recommend that. And two cups is like, it's sort of like a tablespoon a day that we'd be looking at for using cilia masks. So I'd be um, concerned for your bowel movements over the
0: coming days after that. (laughs) Well, there you go. Next question is from Gabby. When eating out, what are some of the options we should be looking more towards so we feel less guilty?
2: You shouldn't feel any guilt. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say that's not a looking at food options. That's a looking at the mindset Mm. and starting to challenge that voice in your head that's telling you that you should feel guilty around food. If this is something that's like an ongoing thing and that you struggle with for a while, absolutely seek professional help. Like it's, it can spiral out of control so quickly without, like it can slip from underneath you and you feel like, you know, one minute that you've got a handle on it and it's just a bit of guilt. And then next minute you're in a full blown eating disorder. So I would say if it's something that's gone on for a while absolutely. Like go to your GP, look at getting like a referral to a psychologist or something like that Mm. to talk through what's going on for you. Um, If it's something that's not, you know, all consuming or anything like that, just really start to talk back to that voice. So as soon as you hear that voice and like even name the voice in your head, like name it as like, Susan, or
0: whatever, like maybe name
2: someone you don't like, someone you didn't like yeah, in school yeah. or in primary
0: school, or someone, um, and
2: be like, Oh my god, like here's Susan back again, yep. like telling me that I should feel guilty for my food. and Talk back to yourself and like give yourself that rational talk of, you know, it's okay to have treat foods from time to time, and um, or it's okay to eat a little bit more from time to time, and all of these things. So, like. Just start to infuse that positive voice as much as you can because the more you do it, the more it will become natural to you and you'll start to – like the analogy I use here is like you take the microphone off like let's say Susan and you give it back to yourself because at the moment maybe that v- microphone like is being amplified by Susan and <laughs> hopefully mm. there's no susans oh, listening <laughs> know,
0: whatever the no but I, <laughs> whatever the, what I love about it is it's a good way to change your mindset on this because if there's someone that you really don't like and you can really really associate that name with yeah bad and you know things that make you feel really sad it's really good to associate that feeling yeah or those voices with that person because then because otherwise I feel like sometimes you're like oh whatever it's just a name it's yeah. not it's not a real thing yeah I'm being silly or whatever but it's serious and you take it seriously and so by using a name yeah you, you get know, to like sorry to Susan we need a <laughs> bike. but I think that's it's a really good way to do it
2: yeah and the other thing I like about it is that it dissociates it from being you so it's yes. not that you're having like it's not that you should be guilty it's that there's a voice in your head that's telling you you should be guilty not that you are guilty or that you should be guilty or anything like that it's like this external thing and it sort of like puts another layer there which then gets you to have some distance from it um, and then gets you to have that space and that distance to be able to rationalize and speak back and be like you know what like I'm not going to feel guilty Mm. about this like this is not reasonable like to be beating myself up like this.
0: And food is a part of life. I think it's so important to remember w- when we think about that. And, you know, you, you might not go out all the time. If you're going out for dinner every single night, then that's maybe when you have to think about trying to find healthy options. Yeah. When you are going out for dinner because obviously you don't want to eat something that's more of a treat food every single dinner. But if you're going out every now and then, like what Steph and I do, we, and I'm sure Marie you're the same, you get the menu and you have what you feel like and you might be feeling like something healthy and if there's a healthy option, yeah. go for it. But if there's not, it doesn't matter because you're out with your family or your friends and you're enjoying each other's company and the food and yeah. nothing's bad is gonna happen. I think no. we think that one bad meal will undo all our progress or whatever it might be, but it doesn't it doesn't make any difference. No, oh, and at the end of the day, like I always think like if the at the end of your life, like
2: are you going to be like so happy that you You know got into your coffin in like a fit body and like you declined every meal and you had a salad for every meal and you never got to enjoy like nobody ever died and said i'm so happy that i was skinny and fit and declined every drink or every piece of cake or anything like nobody says that at the end of their life so think about like you know the moments that you're having and how important it is to have that moment and you know like enjoy the food and just be present
0: I like to think about it as well as in your self value, not trying to kind of fully rely or def- don't rely on at all what you look like. Because imagine if you walked into a job interview and the person said, "Lift your top up, unless you have a like, unless you have less than three percent body fat, I'm not hiring you." Like, it seems it's so funny. Yeah. But I always think back to that. If I ever start focusing too much on that, I'm like, it, it doesn't matter. I it's just to like, enjoy life.
2: I know it, it's it's so silly, like, and it's so funny to like actually sit back and think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, it is like it really doesn't matter, like, what you look like. It's more about are you living your life in a way that feels good to you? And, again, like, that does come back to eating healthy, you know, predominantly healthy, but it it means that you actually are enjoying your life. Like, it's it's not about just having McDonald's all day every day, like, but it's about going, you know what, like, this is – this is how life feels good for me and that's going to look different from person to person Mm. like one person that might be going out three or four times a week you know to you know there might be a massive foodie and like going out for meals is like their favorite thing to do then that's what you should do Mm. like absolutely whereas if food's not like a big thing to you then having more home-cooked meals is what you should do as well so like having a thing about like what are your priorities what's important to you what makes you feel good
0: Next question is from Freya. How to learn portion control? I have no idea how much I should be eating.
2: Yeah, so this comes back to, and I have a very different approach to a lot of people with this, is that portion control, it comes back to -to day-to-day, it's going to be different. And I think, Laura, we've had this conversation before where, you know, it's about – working out like, what do you need that day? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. some days you're going to be hungrier and some days you're not going to be as hungry and it's totally fine. And so, you know, following a strict like rule of like, I have to have this much, like, you know, one cup of carbs and one cup of this and 20 grams of that. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, some days that might be too much, but the next Mm -hmm. day it might be too little. Like, so if we like start to get back to tune into our bodies and go, you know what, like how much gets me to that point? Again, we go back to the hunger and fullness scale, how much of food will get me to that point where I feel satisfied, I don't feel starving but I don't feel overly full and I know that I'm going to be fueled until the next time that I need to eat considering the activities that I've got ahead of me as well because you've always got to like, you know, if you're doing a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that analogy,
0: it's my favourite.
2: <laughs> you've got to like prepare appropriately for the, the activities that you got for the day um, so yeah, my approach with this is, you know, if you're really new to portion sizes is actually starting to tune back into your body and understand, you know what amounts actually make you feel good and start Mm. to test and play with it. Like, because you will have days where you're like, oh, wow, like that was too little. Like I was starving later. That's not a failure. Like that's a learning and going, oh, well, like on that day, like when I had that, like it was just definitely not enough food or, you know, you might have a meal and you're like, wow, that was too much food. (laughs) um, And that's like, and like that literally will happen for the rest of your life. Mm. You'll go through these periods where you're like, you'll like, I still do. Like I have days where I'm like, oh, wow, like I just did not eat enough food today. Like I'm starving and I need to eat. And then you'll have days where you're like, okay, way (laughs) too much.
0: (laughs) And last question, intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this? Because I suppose this could in some ways go against intuitive eating because if you're forcing yourself to eat in a block of time, it's hard. So first of all, I suppose for anyone that doesn't know, what is it and what are your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, so intermittent fasting, there's a few different types of it. Essentially, it's not eating for a period of time, Um, that period of time being different based on the different sort of fasting protocol that you're mm. following <laughs> um, the different diet that you're following um, so there's like the most common ones are your 16-8 so you fast for uh, 16 hours and you eat all of your food within an 8 hour window um, then the next most common one's probably like your 5-2 where you do 2 days of really low calorie eating so you essentially fast for 2 days um, in the week and then 5 days of just normal eating um, my so what I would say is like from an intuitive eating perspective it completely defies that it's completely mm. the opposite of that so if you, if intuitive eating is something that we all should do, and we should all know how to do it, and we should all be in tune with it, in saying that I'm not like if somebody says in, like intermittent fasting works for them, and that just is how their body feels best. So for example, um, you don't feel hungry, you know, in the morning, or you have an early dinner and you finish dinner at five o'clock. Like this happens to me. I, I'm such an, a morning eater, and so like I finish dinner some days at five thirty, and I'm good. Like, and so I will. Intermittent fast on those days, I guess, like not you know intentionally, but it's just like I'm I'm finished dinner at five thirty, and then I don't eat until what like seven or eight o'clock the next day. So you are technically intermittent fasting then. Um, so I'm not against it in that sense that if that's how your body, if that's how you feel good, mm. um, and then I think it can actually be part of intuitive eating because if that's how your body responds best to food. But if you are sitting there waiting like to the clock ticks twelve o'clock, yeah. being like, I'm so starving, I can't wait to get like my twelve o'clock lunch, oh my god, it's eleven fifty nine, like watching the tick clock tick over and then eating the house down, that's not totally like useful.
0: And also if you're you know, if you go to school or work and you spend the whole morning like I probably get hungry around 10 o'clock and that, mm. that's when i eat. But it's when i eat. Before that, I'm, I'm not hungry. And if I were to force myself to eat, I wouldn't feel good. Yeah. But if I were to wait until 12, I would have no energy. Yeah. And it's it, it's not worth kind of putting yourself th- through that. Yeah. Um. Because uh, just, cause imagine you can't be productive at work, you can't be productive at school, you can't think straight what, so just so you can eat within this window. Yeah doesn't um, make any sense in I, that way. But it's no. just what works. If it works for you, again, it comes back to that. Great. Yeah. If it's not sustainable, then.
2: Don't do it. Yeah. Totally. And I think, like, don't label it. Like, exactly mm. like you said, like, don't put a label on and say, I'm intermittent fasting. Just go, I'm not hungry until this time of day. And so therefore I don't eat until that time of day. But again, like, you probably will find this as well. Like, some days you might eat at 9.30 and then some days you might eat at 11.30. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like you go, okay, I'm eating at 10 oh, o'clock no, every day. <laughs> 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 oh, it's just like. I'm like a devil. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Um, So yeah, don't put a label on it. Mm. Like if, if that sort of style eating works for you, it doesn't mean that you have to like do it every single day or like it doesn't mean that if you eat 11.30 then you are going to be
0: making yourself have diabetes <laughs> or something like that totally. because you ate half an hour outside of your window. Or um, put on weight. I think that's another thing that yeah. is very much associated with intermittent fasting is there's some, I mean, with the 5-2 diet, m- people might lose weight because they eat less calories yeah. and you know on those days. But like for me, for example, that would not be feasible because I can't not eat in work. Like on I a day when function. I'm working, my mind wouldn't work. Yeah, And I think it's important as well to, I mean, you can tell me, but I don't think if you eat half an hour earlier, it's going to affect your your weight loss goals or whatever it might be. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, The really interesting thing, like if you
2: actually like get into like the science of like nutrition and like how your body works and everything like that, because most people when they do intermittent fasting, it's 12 till 8 that they will do their eating window in. But when we actually look at like our biology and like how our systems work, our body is better like adapted to eat in the earlier part of the day um, because our like system is sort of like waking up and ramping up um, like glucose metabolism and all of that is actually better in the mornings than it is like later in the evening so the whole like 12 to 8 thing I'm like it's it's not even like that based on science it's like your body's not that's not the way that our body's supposed to work like eating in the morning is actually quite a natural thing to do um, and our bodies are actually better adapted to be able to deal with like high carbohydrate and everything like that in the mornings and they are in the evenings. Not to say that you can't have carbohydrates in the evenings. It's just that our bodies are really well primed to deal with it in the mornings. Interesting. Yeah, so interesting.
0: Well, thank you for sharing, Marika. You have so much wisdom and we, we appreciate it so much. So yeah, thank, thank you. I love coming on. Thanks. Thank you. And anyone in our Facebook community, we are going to start the Facebook lives yes. once a month, which is really exciting. So as soon as we have the actual time that we're going to have you um, in the community, not obviously through your laptop. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Walk through the Facebook community. Um, we will let you guys know. I think that'll be really great. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Thank you. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed that chat. Now before we sign off, Laura's filming me because <laughs> we've had quite a funny intro and outro. I think we, um, we've got the giggles up because it's our last episode. But before we finish up,
0: Laura, what? I was about to... I don't... Steph has a question of the week in front of her, not to me. <laughs> What's it time for? Go... It is time for
1: question of the week. Yes, that's what I was looking for. Okay, this is from M. Thank you so much for sending in your question. What are your next fitness goals to achieve? Oh. Hmm. Do you have any? That is a great question. I've Um, got some if you want me to go first. You go first. Okay. My next fitness goals are to be able to do a headstand um, unsupported that is on my forearms, not using my hands. At the moment I can only do a headstand supported if I kind of have my hands out really wide um, because I feel like it gives me a really good base and Karen's telling me like no you need to learn how to do it on your forearms um, there's a little bit more balance I think involved but I'm really keen to do it and other than that I also want to be able to do a chin up. That's cool. Yeah. I can't do do it unassisted so But you will? (sighs) Maybe one
0: day you will be able to. That's why it's a goal. <laughs> yes. <Thank you. laughs> anyway, mine would be, and I know I've said this so many times, but I keep not staying on track with it, but I just would love to run a marathon and mm. I really want to do it next year and keep my training up. You can do it next year. Up. So that is my main goal. You will do that. Goal. And to get stronger. I mm. love feeling strong. Mm. Nothing in particular, really. It's good though. Just go Well, a marathon's pretty particular. No, apart from, I mean, being strong. <laughs> st- being strong. Just being strong all over. Yeah, perfect. In mind too. Anyway, as in mind, head. Anyway, guys, <laughs> if you're still with us.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't blame you if you weren't. Thank you so much for listening to our last episode of the first season. As we said earlier, we are... Are gonna come back. Don't worry, we're not disappearing. But we are gonna have a little bit of a break. And again, we really appreciate all your love and support. We are wishing you all a very Merry Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. And hope you have a lovely break with all your friends and family. Remember to slip slop, slap through Australia. And what else do you want to say? Be start, safe listen? on the
0: roads. Be safe. That's on the important. Roads. And happy new year. Happy okay. New year. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. Bye.